the NBA draft 2023. It's not like drafts of yore and days of once upon a time for the Phoenix Suns. No, after trading for Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, there's not a lot of draft capital left for the Phoenix Suns. We found out today what some of that draft capital is going to be left to be, and primarily it's pick swaps. We've traded all of our first-round picks. We have some pick swaps. We've traded all of our second-round picks, and that's what we were waiting on tonight, waiting on pick number 52. And now we're getting ready to go live, and we still don't even know if that's our pick. ESPN's reporting that the Washington Wizards are are taking that pick from the Suns. Are we swapping it with 57? Somebody in the chat's got to know what's going on. Lord knows that I'm not a draft expert. That's not my strength. My strength is going live after every Phoenix Suns game right here on the Suns Jam Session channel and hanging out with you, the Jamsters. So what I've decided to do on this show is bring on a draft expert. He writes for brightsideofthesun.com. He also writes for the Detroit Bad Boys. You might know him from Twitter as at I am Damon Allred. Damon Allred, welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast, my friend. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We I need some insight. I know Matthew, he's on vacation. He's he's wandering the beaches or something somewhere, some way, somehow. Uh, and I know that you have that expert. And, and can you tell me, do you even know if we have this pick or not at this point? Yeah, so Shams is... After he deleted the tweet and all that, um, we he's once again saying there's clarity here. Quote, Tumani Kamara will be with the Suns. Phoenix targeted him and selected him tonight. The pick was not part of the Bradley Beal trade. Okay, so there we go. So Tumani Kamara is the 52nd overall pick by the Phoenix Suns. And I know that there's been a lot of conversation going back and forth about what draft picks are going to Washington with the Bradley Beal trade and Adrian Wojnarowski stated it earlier today and kind of broke down that trade, which we'll talk about here momentarily. But I didn't think 52nd was was uh, was one of those picks. So it's good to know that, OK, we do have a new member of the fun, the Suns, and his name is Tumani Kamara. What what a name that is. What a name. Yeah, Start good name. Um, he's from Belgium. Um, we got a 6'8", 220 forward out of this. Needed. And a four-year guy, just like James Jones loves. Shocking. <laughs> right? <laughs> Played first two seasons at Georgia in the SEC before two seasons at Dayton. And has been a solid forward for those two programs. Well, perfect. So that, that's kind of an overview of, of who we got. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of the draft day surprises or lack thereof. And we'll talk about the CP3 trade on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So for those of you who are listening, uh, thank you for doing so. If you're watching along live with us, make sure that you hit that thumbs up button on the YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button as well. And go ahead and hit the notifications button. That'll let you know when we're going live because it is the postseason or the offseason. I'm sorry. Uh, it's the offseason. You never really know when we're going to go live. Uh, we try to do our best to stick to a schedule, but you never know what's going to happen. But before we get into the show and before I pop open a, a tropical ginger beer on this one uh i just want to say to all of our arizona sun supporters we have a fantastic deal from caesar sportsbook that you won't want to pass up new customers can get a 1250 dollars bonus on their first bet at caesar's all you have to do is sign up with our code suns jam full if you use our promo code suns jam full you will not only have your first bet insured but you will also be directly supporting the show so if you haven't already Sign up for Caesar Sportsbook using our promo code SUNSJAMFULL and place your first wager. This offer is only accessible to new customers.
members who are 21 ages of and, or older and physically present in State 48, Arizona. Please play responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP if you or a loved one has a gambling issue. The complete terms can be found in the podcast description below. So the summer of the, the Moscow Mule continues for me. A nice copper mug filled with some, uh, some Kirkland vodka. And I got these little tropical ginger beers I'm going to be drinking, Damon. So uh, I, we'll, we'll, we'll pop them open. Pop them if you got them, Suns fans. Oh, man, that was sound like a fucking grenade going off there. <laughs> All right. So it's uh, it looks like uh, pee. So let's hope it tastes better than that. And let's, uh, let's, let's kick off this intro. Name Jamsters. Tumani Kamara is now a Phoenix Sun drafted at the 52nd overall pick. For those of you watching live, ESPN done fucked up. They had all night to get the graphics right, to get their information right. And when it came our turn, they messed up. So now I don't know what's right and what's wrong with their entire broadcast tonight, Damon. I don't know what to truly trust. I do know that Victor <laughs> Wembanyama went first overall to the Spurs. But as we as we pull back a little bit and we take a look at the Phoenix Suns let's start with this question for you and, and your thoughts you know you are somebody who is is dedicated to the draft some of the, the uh, pieces that you put together for bright side of the sun and Detroit bad boys on SB Nation is absolutely fantastic it's insightful so when you hear Tumani Kamara what's the first thing that comes to your mind big that 68220 frame it's gonna be really solid for the forward spot for the Suns you know um We'll see if he ever gets minutes with the big guys like Durant and Booker, but it's a nice compliment to have with Durant when you can throw out a forward next to him who's got a little more of the muscle. You know, he's three or four inches shorter, but he's probably weighing a little more than Durant does at uh, Kamara's at 220. So, Do you think that the Suns left any breadcrumbs that this is the guy that they're going to kind of go after? I mean, we talk about needs of this team, and we know that up to this point, we have about eight players under contract. We have seven. Uh, Ish Wainwright is a cap, is a, as a club option. If they choose to move forward with him, that's the eighth guy. So that's why this draft pick, albeit the guy who's going to be the last guy, the 15th guy on the bench, do you think that due to the roster, the roster construction right now with – with Beal and with Booker and with KD, that the power forward position was the one that they should pursue? Or do you feel like there were better options available in this uh, area that better met the needs of the team? Yeah, I mean, how long have we been clamoring for a true power forward in Phoenix when Torrey Craig is the closest thing we've had to it? Um, Kamara is just going to be a guy who comes in and produces for them if he ever sees the floor. And they could really use just any bodies that they can get at the lower uh, price point. So makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. When you look at it again, from a draft standpoint, this wasn't the guy who's going to come in and make an impact. We knew that you hope that he can come in and provide some minutes in mop up duty tw 20 times a year. If we see this guy 20 times a year, I'm going to be surprised. And I want to remind everybody, because whenever you start to go into the second round, everybody starts getting into that 
Nikolai Jokic talk, right? It's the first thing. Well, Nikolai Jokic was drafted 41st overall or whatever he was. It's There's two MVPs in the history of the NBA who were drafted in the second round. It's Nikola Jokic twice, and it was Willis Reed in 1970. Outside of that, you're, you're not going to go get that MVP. So I, I don't know if you ever hang out on Sun's Facebook. It's a, it's a weird and toxic place of people who lack knowledge or common sense. Uh, I have a feeling that if people on you are on Sun's Facebook could have the opportunity to pay $250,000 to go see the Titanic and submarine, they would. That's just that kind of mentality of people that would, that they have uh, hanging out there. And I see that some people were upset because they, they think that this is going to be another Jokic. What should we expect from Tumani Kamara? You already said, you know, if he gets minutes, you know, do you see, how do you see his career path playing out in this system? Knowing that it's not, you know, we're not huge on development, but we have a new coaching system and structure behind uh, the scenes with the Phoenix Suns now. Well, I pulled up his synergies page the second I could. And the, the thing that really stands out to me is that he, despite his bigger size, he's still a really solid shooter from three. Um, we're talking about, um, let's see, where was it? 35.4% overall on threes, including 36.8 on catch and shoots. Nice. and 39.2% on open catch and shoots. And it's not like we're talking about a small sample size either. It's like 51 unguarded catch and shoot opportunities, which means more than once a game from that forward spot. And, you know, playing with Dayton, it's not like a, a super big program. They don't have a ton of size usually. So he's like playing the four or five spot for them most of the time. Do you think we got Obi top and light? All these years later, for those of you who remember, Obi Toppin, who was one of my favorite draft prospects and I really wanted the Suns to pursue, you know, back in 2020, he also went to Dayton. Yeah, there could be a little bit of Obi to him just because of that size and shooting combo. I don't know yet if he has the same athletic abilities that Obi did. He obviously is like one of the better vertical athletes we've seen in recent college basketball memory. Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah, there's a little bit of that same element. Is who was your favorite guy coming into this draft? Who do you think that the Suns should have targeted? Uh, and did they go before the Suns or did they leave them on the board? Yeah, so I had this group of guys that I was really looking at in the early second round area where, you know, the the Ben Shepherds of the world, who I yes. had a scouting report today on. Um, I think he went 26th actually to Indiana, which that's right. actually a, a pick I want to keep in mind and keep our eye on because DeAndre Ayton is ineligible to be traded to the Pacers until, you know, midway through July. And so it's possible that a trade could happen and Ben Shepard could be involved in that. So we're keeping an eye on that still. Um, but in addition to Shepard, there were guys like Derek Whitehead who went 22 to Brooklyn that I was eyeing. He was being mocked around 30 for most of the last week or two. Um, but they just never made that move up that I was hoping they would. What would it have taken, do you think, for them to make that move? Probably future draft capital that they just don't have anymore. Um, we heard that the Lakers moved up from, I think it was 47 to 40 mm -hmm. while using like an extra second round pick in the future and like $4 million at least. And so the asking price for those picks were just super high, but it seemed still like every pick in the thirties was being moved. 
And so I was a little disappointed that they couldn't find some way to move up into that range. Well, and I think that this is the reality of the Suns moving forward, right? Like we have no draft capital. We we have draft picks, but we have pick swaps that we don't control. The Sun. This was the last picks, the pick that the Suns will control until what thirty thirty one, because yeah, they I traded all twenty thirty one. Yeah. Yeah, or 20, I said 30, 31, 20, 31. Yeah, I'll be You're living 40. a thousand years in the future. <laughs> well, that's what it feels like, though. I'll be 49. I'm 40 right now. I'll be 49 the next time the Suns actually control one of their draft picks, which is just fucking mind boggling to me. And, and you know, when it comes to the pick swaps and you had a great tweet uh, today about that, where essentially like these these pick swaps, they don't really matter to the Suns because the Wizards are going to be the worst team in the over the next three or four seasons, potentially. Anyways, they are tearing that bitch to the ground. They're lighting it on fire. Uh, it's imploding upon itself. It's yeah, that's a that's a Jordan Pool thirty point per game team at this point. Yes, it is a garbage time. That guy's going to put up unbelievable numbers, play absolutely no zero defense, and all the Washington fans are sitting there just going, "Fuck, this is what it's become." But that's also what they've been clamoring for for quite some time in Washington. So the Suns are going to retain those picks that they have, and they'll have the ability to move off of those picks once. Uh, Brooklyn essentially, or I'm sorry, Brooklyn, uh, uh, Washington makes those picks. So, but that being said, they truly don't have control. So they can't trade it two, three years ahead of time. They can't sit there and be like, Hey, we have the 52nd pick. We want to move into 30 because we think there's a forward there that meets the the needs of this team that we can get on a quality contract and who could potentially, uh, blossom into a, a fringe or rotation type player. Uh, they just, they don't have that. And that's just who the Suns are now. And it's, it's a strategy that, you know, I feel it, it reminds me of the, the the seven seconds or less signs. You know, you go back there now. They didn't obviously trade the entire farm for players or, or uh, you know, because the way that they developed their team back there with Steve Nash and Sean Marion and, and Amari Stoudemire, they essentially just traded away their draft picks for future draft picks. I mean, we had Rajon Rondo. We had Luau Dang. We had these guys, uh, but we didn't need them as a part of the team because the team isn't, in the, isn't interested in – developmental mode they're interested in winning a championship with what they have in place do you think that that's the right strategy um what do you mean to to like to leverage guys yeah to, to to say i don't need the future i don't need to focus on development because you look at like denver for example right they're kind of the best of both worlds. It's going to be interesting to see how they navigate the C- CBA because they got Jokic, uh, they got Murray, they've got uh, MPJ, all on max contracts essentially or, or close to it. And then you have Aaron Gordon for $20 million. So they've, you know, Christian Brown got real minutes because they drafted correctly this past draft. So they've kind of found this sweet spot that's really hard to find. Now, obviously, when you have Jokic, it makes everybody better. But do you think that, it's the right strategy to say to punt on the future in, in an effort to just try to build, build, build right now. Yeah. Well, I think that we've seen James Jones kind of take that approach in some ways where, you know, he's only drafted like three or four players over his whole tenure and they've just not had the young players coming up in the wings every season, like, like a Denver does and Denver to their credit traded for some of those middle of the draft picks and ended up with really good prospects like Julian Strother and Jalen Pickett, who were both on my radar for the Suns. Yeah. And like, it really hurts to see as a as a big draft guy when the contender that your team is, you know, jockeying for positioning with 
is making all the moves that you wish the Suns would make. You know what I mean? So yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. <laughs> and it, ta- it takes me back to kind of when the Suns were in that, that just outside, you know, the fringe of the lottery side of who they were. And it's just like, they, they never made the move up. And the only time they ever did was that one time when they ended up with like Marquise Chris. Uh, and I was just like, Oh, that's the guy that you're moving up for. You know, yeah, they so, got the two forwards that they were really targeting in that draft. Yeah. And how did that work out for us? I was like, <laughs> my God. You know, so uh, that brings me to my next question. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you do great work for Bright Side of the Sun. For those of you who are watching or listening on the Sun's Jam Session podcast, you know, Damon Allred might be somebody new to you. So tell uh, all of our listeners kind of who you are and, and, you know, what your passion is and how fun it must be to cover not only the Suns, but you also, you know, as somebody who's a draft you know, quote unquote expert. I think you're pretty damn good at what you do. You also Thank cover you. the the Pistons, so you you definitely ha- are Hannah Montana in it. You're getting the best of both worlds. <laughs> I got this really good team and this team that's like the sons of five years ago. Yeah. So I started writing for Brightside, I think, in 2021, and have just been continuing to build up my basketball work, I guess, and that led to me writing for the SB Nation National um site this season where i was doing like game recaps every night and so doing things like that you really get a a good look into the rest of the league instead of just focusing on one team and so i really appreciated that opportunity which led into um just kind of asking around with my sb nation bosses and seeing hey is there a team i can cover some draft for you know i write for the suns who don't really care about the draft or at least don't care about keeping their draft picks and that led to getting in touch with Sean Core, who's the awesome site manager for Detroit Bad Boys. And um, I've just been doing draft content for them um, this cycle. And I'm hoping to keep doing it going forward. And it was really nice to be able to take that deeper look into the top prospects, like doing the Victor Wembanyama scout that I did. I don't think I've ever laughed at a prospect more just because the things he was doing possession in and possession out are just things that I'd never seen before. He's, he's incredible. Ri- he's ridiculous. He's like, you know, he will get pushed off his spot. He will be pushed around physically because he's just not developed in that aspect. But every other aspect of his game is, is so unique and he's so long. Like I can't wait. Of course he's a fucking spur. Of course he's a fucking <laughs> spur. Like he had to be a spur. And I've definitely, you know, I definitely have put my 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 thoughts into the universe about what it feels like to be a Suns fan uh, because I hate the Spurs and I always will hate the Spurs and go figure. And then and you you see him, he's a likable dude. Not only that, oh, like yeah. all, all that stuff, all the intangibles as a basketball player, and he's a likable dude. I'm like, of course he's gonna end up in fucking San His interview with JJ Redick, I don't know if you've seen yes. this yet, but the the full thing is just like, how can you be? How can you have more perspective as a nineteen-year-old than than he does? And it's just so wonderful. I think he's honestly going to enter the league as my new favorite player in the NBA, just because of all he can do on both sides of the ball, plus the wonderful mind he seems to have. Well, I always pick a player who is uh, a, not a member of the Suns, who's my favorite player, right? And for years, it's been Kevin Durant. And then he came to the Suns. I'm like, I got to find you got to pick somebody. a new one. I got to pick a new one. So this offseason, I've been scouting. I've been playing 2K, figuring out which guys I like. Uh, for me, it's Paulo Bancaro. I love Paulo Bancaro. And it's not oh, for the yeah. intangibles like Victor uh, Webb and Yama, but I love Paulo Bancaro's game. Absolutely adore it. So he's going to be my new guy for a while. 
Uh, Plus, probably a, they just got a good table setter in Anthony Black as well. Yep, yep. The the kid from uh, Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. See, I know a little bit about draft. You know, I just, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. just, I don't pay attention to it. Like I, I used to be so into it because we were Suns fans for a decade. That's all we had. Is you? Just yeah, that's how I started draft. with it too. Like you that know? Luca Aiton draft is the the first one that I took really, really seriously. What a draft that was! I did too. I remember being on like long road trips with my family. And they're and I'm just like listening to podcast after podcast by everybody to understand that draft. And you know, my they all just fall asleep. And that's when I really started to just delve into it. I, I didn't write about it like you do, because it's like I I have zero talent for recognizing talent. I think everybody's great. I'll watch I'll watch <laughs> in you know, a way they are. They are everybody is because like you go, I've been covering a lot of high school hoops this week too. Um the certain high schools you go to and they're they're just like just kids you know but yeah. then some of them are just totally elite like different breed of human and that's just what every nba player is is that different breed of human yeah it's on well and when you get when you step in the same room with them right for like media day right yeah and, my and, first yeah. media day this year was a bit it of a rude awakening wasn't it like <laughs> I, I was there with you and we were you know it was just like Holy shit, man. Because it's it's one thing to watch these guys on the court. And like I've I've met Giannis before at the airport randomly. He comes walking mm. out, and I'm just like, we are the same species. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like unbelievable. Just hard to process. It is. It's not fair, is what it is. It's not fair. You know, it's that gene pool. <laughs> yeah. I clearly got the the short end of that stick, you know. But uh it's probably because I drink all these Moscow mules. Is you know, it's natural <laughs> natural selection. I'm Irish, so it's like, yeah, you can either be good at basketball or a drunk. You, <laughs> you shall be a drunk, my friend. Uh so talking about, you know, I'm, I'm I want to talk a little bit about Tamani Kamara, and then I want to go into some of the Chris Paul uh news and observation, then what your thoughts are on DeAndre Ayton. You know, I'm seeing uh some of our our people live in the chat, Suns Dog 24. He's like Kamara is versatile. He can shoot, he can rebound, he can defend and post up. McCoy uh, says he's got a better motor than DA. Is there any? It's not a not a high bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like so. What are you carrying? You know, it's a Tesla motor, so it's like <laughs> it will run out. Uh, in in your research, I know he's probably he's not someone who you probably spent a, a ton of time researching. Um, but is there anything? You know, last thoughts on on Tamani Kamara. Besides, I think it's kind of a cool name. Just throwing it out yeah. there. I, I mean, definitely Kamara? think it's cool. Yeah, 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 definitely badass. So I, I, I got to think. So I, I know you don't watch the show a bunch, but we, we do drops for everybody, right? Like everybody on the team. When I start talking about them, I got a drop. Like I recently just uh, created a Bradley Beal drop, which I can't even find it. It's so new. Oh yeah, this one. She said you're not the only one, but you're the best, Bradley. Bo, bo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they get they they, they get better and better. Big Dick Booker. Damon, that's what you agreed to come on to is, is a show like this. <laughs> we're just we're just a, a couple idiots. Uh, but any last thoughts on Kamara before we talk a little bit about CP3? Um, I'm not a ton. He if for the people who saw my top 75 big board, he yep. wasn't on there. I am you know happy to admit I don't have enough time to do this as fully as i would like to tumani was one of the guys yeah right (laughs) um tumani is one of the guys that just wasn't on my radar for the suns um but just looking at the game log lots of couple games where he's close to 30 points 
So I'm super looking forward to diving in tonight and into the next couple of days to give readers a, a better look at him. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you head over to brightsideofthesun.com so you can read what Damon puts together there. Uh, I think I'll write up the Kamara thing for Brightside tonight. Dave's already texting me. He's like, are you going to be writing that up? It's like, Dave, let it go, man. <laughs> I got this. We're we're going to be okay, my friend. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you know the, the big news that kind of came earlier today, which technically doesn't deal with the Suns anymore, but I guess it kind of does. The point goal. So Chris Paul has been traded again. He was traded to the Golden State Warriors for a package that include Jordan Poole and future draft assets. And it is reported that he is going to stay there. You know, Because the first thing that goes to, through my mind is through kind of a loophole in the, in the NBA system, you know, if, if we traded him to Washington and they released him, we could not reacquire him. But if he gets traded again and gets released by the Warriors, we could bring him back uh, to the organization if that's where he chose to go. Do you think that that's a possibility? Do you think that in any way, shape, or form that the Golden State Warriors brought over CP3 in an effort to dump the Jordan Poole salary, and then they're planning on eventually waiving him, and could we see him back in Phoenix? I don't think that Chris left that door open, really, with the way that he went on Good Morning America and talked to the New York Times about you know, this is an Ishbia and Isaiah decision and yeah. they didn't want me back and kind of burned his bridges on the way out, didn't he? I think so, too. And and I think that a lot of that was is misconstrued because he was kind of put on the spot. But again, Chris Paul knows what he's doing. Oh, and, yeah. rather, and then rather, you know, because think about how a trade exists, right? He's flying across the country uh, on a Sunday because he's going to go on Monday morning, Good Morning America. He wants to promote his his most recent book. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, T's that need to be crossed and lowercase I's and lowercase J's, mind you, that need to be dotted. And as that's occurring, obviously, there's insiders that give Shams and give Adrian Wojnarowski information. And and especially now that we're in the Matt Ishbia era, it's tr it's very obvious that there's a lot of leaks. Before, there wasn't a lot of leaks. With James Jones, with Sarver... Uh, there wasn't a lot of leaks coming out of the organization. But since Ishbia has come in, there's a lot of you know leaks falling out and, and people are get, getting that information probably faster than they want it to get out. And when that occurs, how does Chris Paul hear about it? Well, his son texts him while he's on the flight. And so I definitely think that that's true, but it's not necessarily a bad thing that it happened. It's not like I, and tell me if you feel differently, that the son's purposely circumvented providing him the information. CP3 knew he was on the trade block. Chris, he, he went to Chris Haynes two weeks ago and said that they're going to waive me. And, and then Shams and Adrian Wojnarowski is like, hold on, no, 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 no. They're not waiving him. They're exploring options with him. So Chris Paul, kind of to your point, Damon, on the way that he went out, goes goes to the meet, you know, to Chris Haynes, gives him half information, goes on Good Morning America, gives him half information, doesn't say that this normally, he's a guy who's been traded like five times. He knows how it works. So I, I agree with you that he hasn't really left the door open to come back. Uh, do you think that that's by design, like, or he's just kind of, I'm done with this and, uh, you know, onto the next challenge in my career? I, I don't know. I, I think that, um, maybe when he was first leaving that he just felt it really personally and 
because I think he realized that the the Suns are his best chance to get that elusive ring that he's been after all these years. Um, I don't think that you're on mute. There you go. Welcome back. Um, so I I just think that he he didn't he was unhappy because he realized that the, it was his best shot. Yeah, you know, I agree. And then going obviously when you find out that it's Washington, you're like, fuck me, this is ridiculous. So yeah, you might have a little spite. But now he's heading to Golden State. Golden State has stated again via Chris Haynes that they expect to keep him. How do you see CP3 fitting in with Golden State? Yeah, well, I'm not worried about the Warriors, that's for sure, in the playoffs, because we've seen time after time Chris breaks down in the playoffs, and maybe Steph and Clay are starting to get up into that age where they do as well. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that they have the, the necessary firepower to keep up with uh, Booker, Durant, and Beal-led squad. And yeah, I, I, I appreciate that you brought that up because, you know, there was some good fodder on the Slack channel for Brightside today and people were going back and forth and kind of talking about, you know, what it means and and, and is Ishbia, what has he been too trigger happy and, and things of that nature. But, you know, I'll ask you this. I get it. Bradley Beal, long-term contract. It's not a pretty contract. But at him coming in as the third option, which would you rather have? Third option Bradley Beal or third option CP3? Beal, it's no question. Like, not even close, right? It's interesting how we've skewed kind of how we view this because of, at least in my perception, because of the money, right? Because you hear that contract. But again, like, it's not my money. If they can make it work, great. There's so much. We can't make a true decision and assumption of this team until we fill out this roster. And like I said, also coming over in that deal uh, was Isaiah Todd, was Jordan Goodwin. Um, We just drafted uh, Kamara. So we're starting to fill out aspects of this roster. And we have to see how they play together. But I do like some of these guys that they're bringing in. I think that Goodwin was a fucking steal in this because he's a guard. Oh, yeah. He's just he's a beast on defense. He's a hustler. He's a grinder. I think he's going to fit in perfectly here. Isaiah Todd is unbelievably raw. Uh, and I think that, you know, you probably have more uh, insight into him because you, you know, from a draft standpoint, you've seen who he is. But him with Kamara, like, yeah, that's your 14th to 15th guy. Like, guess what? You've identified your 14th and 15th guy. That's great. We don't know how to navigate what the Bradley Beal transaction truly is until we start to fill out this team via uh, free agency, in my opinion. What do you think? No, I'm with you 100%. And we were talking about a similar thing on the Detroit show I was on earlier tonight, is that it's just so hard to to really know what the team is going to look like when it's still June, you know? Yeah. You know, people are, they think we've already lost last year's, you know, shot at the playoffs. It's like, well, simmer down, simmer down. Now, I do want to say that one of the funniest outcomes of this entire thing is, is Chris Paul's going to Golden State. And Golden State fans absolutely hate Chris Paul. Uh, there, there's a segment that Matthew and I do on the show after every post-game podcast, and it's called the subreddit stakeout. Whoa, whoa, whoa. down he goes. <laughs> down goes Frazier. <laughs> and, and what we do is during the games, one of us goes, and we actually go on the opposing team's subreddit, and hear what their fans are saying about the team, about the game, and what have you. And I've done that for the CP3 transaction. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. 
And normally we dress up in disguise, and I forgot to wear my disguise, you know, because we're like <laughs> undercover, you know, we're on, we're staking out the opposing subreddit. And here's some of the things that Warriors fans said on the transaction for Chris Paul today. Somebody said, how am I going to walk back years of Chris Paul hate? <laughs> Somebody else said, personally, I've never had anything but good things to say about Chris Paul. Please do not fact check this. Uh, as a certified CP3 hater, I'm not happy. Somebody said, pool tanked his value faster than players who tear their ACL, which is fucking great. Uh, I wanted pool gone, but not like this. Somebody else stated, oh, my God. Got, when a, I said, got a Paul for a pool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Got a Paul for a pool in this one. And uh, this one's a lot less athletic. Uh, oh, my God. When I said trade, I don't mean any trade. Who's CP3 going to set up? Looney or Dre who can't jump? What the hell is this? <laughs> uh, somebody else said, I feel sick. The relationship between him and the team must be really bad for this shit to be happening. To which somebody responded, Draymond might as well punch this dude clean off the team. Insane. So it's great to kind of watch the Warriors lose their shit. They have Chris Paul now. So 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 good for good for them. Uh last but not least, before I get out of here, we gotta we gotta talk a little DeAndre Ayton. Watch. So one of the questions we posed on SB Nation Reacts is, you know, it was twofold. Would the Suns pick at their their 52nd pick or trade it? I believe 54% of the community thought that the Suns would pick at 52, and those 54 would be right. And 57% thought that DeAndre Ayton would be involved in a draft day trade. So DeAndre Ayton is still a member of the Phoenix Suns. What are your thoughts on that? I am a little bit surprised by that myself. Um I guess there's the the element that we already talked about with Indiana and not being able to do that trade yet. And there's the other element of him still having veto rights over a trade um, until I think that same point, right? Correct. He had, he had like essentially one year veto rights. Yeah. So, I mean, there could have been a deal tonight that was made and we just don't know about it because either DeAndre vetoed it or because it's with Indiana. And so we got to wait a couple of weeks. Is it wrong that this is going to be the third consecutive summer that DeAndre Ayton has hijacked our lives? I think he already has. <laughs> he has. You know, <laughs> you think back three years ago, it was whether or not they were going to extend him. Then last year, is is anybody else going to uh, provide him with an offer sheet, which was a muted story because the Kevin Durant news broke and everybody was focused on that. And then obviously Indiana uh, made him an offer sheet for a max contract. He signed it. And here we are again now that he's under contract. And we're like, well, are we going to trade him? God damn it, DA, you somehow, some way have found another way to ruin an already hot Arizona summer, uh, <laughs> although it has been mild up to this point. But I, I, I'm I, interested to see your thoughts. Do you think he will actually be a member of the Suns when the team plays their first game in October? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy when you think about like all the guys he's outlasted where Monty is gone before Aiton is gone and Mikhail is gone before Aiton is gone. Cam Johnson is gone before Aiton is gone. And it's just like, how long is it before before we're finally over this? And I, I think that it's going to be another three or four weeks just getting to that mid-July date. I think that we keep him. I really do. I think that because what, what are you going to get in his stead? And I get it. You can trade DA and you can get pieces of the roster. But what are the values of those pieces going to be? Or you just keep DA, who I would say is, for as much shit as we give him, he's probably like a top seven or eight center in the league. You know, there's definitely tiers of centers, right? There's like, 
Jokic and Embiid, and then it kind of falls off. And I think on that third tier, which is right around, you know, I call him a third tier guy, but that's like eight, nine, 10, 11, right in there is where DA sits. It's like when he is your fourth, you know, quote unquote, your fourth offensive option, and he is a top 10 or top 15 center, I think that you have to hold on to that, whether we like it or not, whether we're tired of watching it or not, because Lord knows we are night in and night out the inconsistencies. I don't understand how Aiden stands can be so on his nuts all the time. I just, I don't, it's like, you know, oh, yeah, I just don't get it. I truly don't get like every night we come on this podcast. And that's the hard thing, Damon, about doing these things. Cause we go live after every game, right? Like we were doing this way before PH and X was right. You know, <laughs> they, they came on our show and then they decided that's a good idea. Then they did their show. And like <laughs> the emotion after every game, sometimes like I've gone off on DA and I've also sung his praises. The few, the, the like the two good weeks he had last season. And it's so tough. But again, with a new coaching system in place, with Frank Vogel, who is very complimentary of players like him coming in to, uh, on his introductory press conference, I truly think he stays whether we like it or not. Yeah, I mean, you go back to after that 2021 postseason when the Suns went to the finals. Um, I think you could, and I did argue that Aiton was a top three, top five center back then. But, mm -hmm. you know, just the inconsistencies since then. And I mentioned in, in my report card of eight and season that there were these two or three really solid runs throughout the season. But when it came time for the stretch run into the playoffs and in the playoffs, it just fell apart. And I don't know that I can take much more of that, but if it could be something like where Vogel, you know, restores, like he said at the intro presser, restores eight and two a higher level and then they flip him at the deadline for some pieces that can help them in the playoffs, then that's something that makes sense too. Well, and I honestly think what it'll be, it'll they'll play him all season. Win or, win or lose, they'll play him all season. Unless the Suns are playing really shitty and they need to trade him, they'll wait till next offseason to move him because then he comes becomes more appealing, right, because of his contract. Because now you're, now you're down to, what, two years or three years left, I think, on his deal at that point. So... I think Suns fans, and this is me talking on June 22nd, the day when we drafted Tumani Kamara. I think that the Suns, just, just get used to it, Suns fans. There's going to be plenty of content for us on Brightside, I'll tell you that, because Aiton is a content king, man. All you do is, in your title, you just go, it, it, you can be talking about anything. Like, I might not, I might do it tonight, like, Suns draft Tumani Kamara, Aiton, and then everybody just in the comments. <laughs> it's He's such a polarizing guy because of the money he makes, because of his draft status. It's, it's all these different factors because he, he says he, he uh, how great of a guy he is and a great player he is, but then he doesn't back it up on the court. It's just, it's so fucking frustrating. Uh, and that's what keeps us back coming back for more and more. It's like golf, man. It just doesn't stop. Mm -mm -mm. Do you remember the, the Alejandro alter ego? Yes. Back in we haven't heard rookie from, year. Yeah. We haven't heard from Alejandro in a while. When are yeah. we going to hear from him again? Yeah. I think uh, his agent is like, Hey man, People think you're crazy, <laughs> you know. It's like, good lord, he, Alejandro uh, went away when he got when Aiton achieved his goal of reaching his second yeah, contract. Second that's contract. all he that's all he cares about, you know. So, again, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how these next few days roll out because obviously uh, June 28th is a big day just around the league. A lot of those club options have to be declared. Player options have to be declared by the 28th. We start the new league year on July 1st. Uh, so a lot of the, the moratorium, all that fun stuff. So plenty of stuff is coming up uh, here in the near future. So before we get out of here, can you please remind everybody where they can follow you uh, virtually, not literally in person, unless you want to give me your address, <laughs> you can do that. 
Yeah, so I'm on Twitter at I am Damon Allred. That's where you can find all my stuff. Um, you're doing work for Brightside and Detroit Bad Boys and SB Nation. Have a, a profile coming soon on a local high school star that you all should be looking out for. Centennial High School? Not Centennial, unfortunately. Dang, Arcadia High School? Not Arcadia. Dang I will it. give no further information. Dang it. I went to Arcadia, so I'm just... Hey, I saw you... Arcadia. They looked pretty good. Did they? Good for yeah, us. Yeah. I haven't... I haven't... I said, we've, we were bad when I was in high school back in 2001. So, uh, Dame, I really, really appreciate you taking some time. I know you're you know, cranking out the content. So taking some time and talking about the draft with us again, everybody, you can follow me at Darth Voida on Twitter. You can follow the show at sun's jam. And of course you can read my writing on bright side of the sun.com. We'll be coming to you live. I'm guessing Matthew, he gets back in town. We'll probably come live to you Monday as we discuss all the free agents relative to power forwards. That's the position we're on. Uh, until that, every, uh, until then, everybody, go home and love your family.